Hello and welcome to YHTV's Trinity of Life. This is episode 38. I'm Christina Suzama, your host for this program. Thank you so much for joining me again as I continue to explore the wonderful world of healing arts, meditation, therapies, and the many modalities of helping us find balance in our individual journeys. We are always excited to meet those of you who are on the leading edge of creating change on this planet. Today we are honored to have with us a dear individual who strives to support others to create balance in their lives through music, mantra, and chanting. You may also remember her from Yoga Hub's Virtual World Yoga Meditation Conference, as she has been participated in several of them in the previous years. And also previously, she was on episode 27, The Power of Meditation and Chant. Let us welcome back Bhavani Lorraine Nelson, who is honoring us again with her expertise and today exploring the magic of mantra. Hello, Bhavani. Welcome. Hello. Hello. So good to be with you again. Good to hear you. <laughs> yes. And as, as uh, everything is being upgraded, you're getting, the picture is getting clearer and clearer and. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's good in my case, but hey, it's a it's wonderful. <laughs> and the sound, you know, again, the sound is getting better. So, you know, the, when when you take us through any of the mantras, it just sounds so much more beautiful with your magnificent voice. Fantastic! All right. So, Bhavani, today um, we're exploring the magic of mantra. You know, I, no matter how often you are on the show and you are sharing and creating awareness with us about Ganesh and all the, the deities. I have to tell you, it's, I can't get enough. <laughs> That's a good thing. That's a very good thing. <laughs> Absolutely. It's so, I love sharing mantra because it is so powerful for us. And of course, the reason is that we are made of music. We are made of, we are vibratory beings. And therefore, the mantra affects us at a very, very, very deep level. Mm. Very deep level. So that's what makes it so powerful. And it's so simple. It's so easy to do as a practice, which is wonderful as well. Mm. So. Um, now, there are... Um... Uh, because I know, uh, there are certain mantras, uh, that I've learned even since, uh, uh, we had you on last time that are quite long. <laughs> so when one is, uh, they were saying that, you know, sometimes it takes, you know, uh, an hour, <laughs> 45 minutes, you know, to say the whole sequence, you know, to, the, because you're repeating it over and over again, but to do the full sequence, it can take quite a while. And then, there are other mantras, like um, when we had received Diksha from the Himalayan masters um, about half a year ago, that mantra was very short. Um, and of course, we didn't know the meaning. And uh, with the Himalayan masters, it was it's not necessary to know it. It is the frequency when you are saying those That's words. Correct. That is That's the vibratory correct. frequency that will begin to shift us and the planet. Yes, sometimes it's a little disconcerting to the Western left brain, the fact that <laughs> mantras don't have a um, simple, literal meaning. You can look at the words themselves one by one, but it's really not the meaning of the mantra overall. Some people do say that the meaning of a mantra is only known by practicing the mantra. Hmm. So that... That means, well, okay, I guess I'll just practice and see what comes up, you know, see what the, the meaning ends up to being. But very, very powerful, as you say, is the frequency, and that's the point. Now, one of the things about the length of mantras, there are two kinds of mantras, basically. One is the seed or bija mantras. And om, of course, is the most popular, the, the most well-known, and perhaps the most potent of those seed mantras. 
But there are others, and they are used either by themselves or to give added impetus to one of the longer mantras. Mm. So, Hreem, Shreem, Kleem, Om, Aum, Aim. Those are seed mantras. Many people will know that term, the Bija mantras, from the mantras for the chakras, Mm. those energy centers of the body. Each one of those centers has a seed syllable. So the first chakra, which is all about earth and grounding, the seed syllable is lum, Mm. lum. And if you say that, it feels grounding. Say Mm -hmm. that for a minute. Lum. 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 Oh, yes, sir. It really grounds Mm. you. It's wonderful that way. So those mantras, of course, are very short. But the others that have a more of a sentence structure, really, a bit, uh, are longer, and some are very long, mm. particularly when you add the seed syllables to the mantras. We're going to talk a little bit about that today with uh, the mantra for Ganesha, who is, of course, the ruler of that first chakra. Mm. So very grounding. I know that you were interested today in talking about how we can ground ourselves for this new year and create an experience for our new year that it is is different from the the last year. And one of the ways, of course, is to use mantra. Wonderful, so. wonderful. Yes, I mean, I really wanted to start our our year of twenty thirteen like that, especially when when everyone you know it's, it's been quite a shift shape shifting time all throughout twenty twelve and. You know, and then there was a lot of um, anxiousness because of the Mayan calendar, because of, you know, a lot of calendars that were ending, not just the Mayan. I think I do believe the Hawaiian calendar had ended as well. And, you know, it's all about cycles and people didn't know what was going on, Armageddon. And there was so much fear and anxiousness. It was like, okay, it's time to ground now. We're all still here, aren't we? That's right. That's right. And many people do feel that there was a shift in frequency, Mm -hmm. that it was not so much that things would end with great finality, but that things would move up to a new level, a new Mm -hmm. frequency. And so to me, one of the best ways to attune to a new frequency of the earth, if that is in case what, in fact, what happened is to use mantra Mm -hmm. because you are aligning your frequency with the, with the universe. Mm -hmm. Oh, well, this is just the beginning. I know this is the exploration. <laughs> yeah. Period. And I, I, I swear to you, you know, it's one of those where it's almost like I feel, uh, like in Tai Chi where, uh, when, when you first start that first right. position, that first movement takes years to actually perfect, as they say. You know, yeah. and I, I sort of feel that a little bit with mantras. Like, as I said, the last time I've heard some of these things before and, and I almost need to hear it again and again. That's why I'm so delighted when this goes to podcast and I can just replay it each time. <laughs> right, right. That's great. That's great. It is helpful. It is helpful. So shall we do some mantras? Shall we leap into our grounding mantra? That would be wonderful, Bhavani. All right. All right. To me, as I say, the best place to begin is with Ganesha. And Ganesha, in one way, is considered a a minor, one of the minor energies. However, if you start anything in India, whether it's a new business, a journey, a marriage, whatever it is, you always invoke the energy of Ganesha first. And the reason for that is that he is the remover of obstacles. Often he is pictured as a uh, young boy. He, of course, has the elephant head. Easy to pick out in a crowd. There he is with his (laughs) elephant head. But he's a masterful warrior because he's the son of Shiva. So he's very powerful and clears away all the obstacles. So when you are beginning a new year, it's very wonderful to begin with Ganesha because you want to clear away the obstacles for this year. And of course, I mentioned to you, I have a program coming up at Kripalu Applying the Magic of Mantra where we will also begin with Ganesha. Mm. 
Ganesha, the word, another name for Ganesha is Ganapati. So when we do a mantra to Ganesha, often we address him as Ganapati. And Gana means category. So he's the Lord of all the categories. So in one way, he's the Lord of the universe. Hmm. But they all are. So you know. <laughs> I was going to say, hmm. <laughs> That's right. But it is important to remember as well, uh, to me, that what we are doing is invoking energy. Mm. We are doing, we are sounding a frequency to invoke the energy that will remove obstacles from our path. And that's what's happening. So the mantra, if you have that uh, slide, Om Gam Ganapataye Namaha. Now you notice it's spelled G-A-M, and it's spelled G-A-N-A-P, so, but it's gum. In Sanskrit, as in the European languages, when you have a particular vowel, that vowel is always the same. In English, of course, it's happenstance. You know, an A can be ah, ah, or whatever. <laughs> but in Sanskrit, it is always uh, that simple sound, the first sound that people make, uh. So, Om Gum Ganapataye Namaha. Now, before we start that, though, let's look at the ways of doing this mantra. And oftentimes, people will use the prayer beads, a mala. Mala means garland, but it also means an instrument or a tool for our spiritual work. And those, of course, who were raised Catholic know that the rosary is very handy because it keeps you focused. That's exactly what the mala does. It helps you stay focused as you are doing your practice. But if you don't have a mala, you can do your mantra on uh, your hand. Because the ideal is to do 108 repetitions. That's very simple on a mala because the mala has 108 beads plus one extra, which is the meru bead or the guru bead that collects all your the energy of your practice. So very easy to count 108 on the, on the mala because you just go around it and bingo, you've got 108. On your hand, and we have a diagram of the hand, you'll find that there's a way to do it where you count 20 five times and then you add an extra eight and you've got your 108, right? 20 times five, 100, add eight. So so we will do using the hand today to get you used to that. And what we will do with our lovely mantra to Ganesha, Om Gam Ganapataye Namaha, is we will uh, do it a quarter of a mala, which is actually 27 times, which means we will do one of those 20 repetitions on the hand and add seven. All right, so right hand. Right hand always, left hand used for other things in India. So we start, as you can see from the diagram, on the ring finger, in the middle area there and do a repetition. So are we all set? Are you set, uh, Christina? To, uh, Absolutely, to- Bhavani. But I want to let you know, Bhavani, before you do start, though, that yes. um, I am actually going to mute myself so that your vocal is much clearer for our audience. And because okay. I'm not as familiar with the words, I would like those words to be very clear for those who are following, especially those who might be listening to this as a podcast. Um, one and voice frankly, is much easier. <laughs> okay. That's a great idea. And also, uh, let's then go it over it slowly so that people can get it. Om. And you can repeat. Wonderful. Gum. Ganapataye. Namaha. Om Gam Ganapataye 
ओम गम गणपत नमः ओम गम गणपत नमः सो ऑल राइट हैंड्स अप एंड लेट्स बिगिन ओम गम गणपत नमः 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 That was 27 repetitions and of course if you were doing the full mala you would simply keep going. Any questions about that one? Ooh, that was wonderful. <laughs> you know, it's just so lovely when you put it when you know when we read it is one thing, but when Bhavani <laughs> takes us through it and the rhythm of it, it is real it's 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 almost the melody it's so melodic is your body almost begins to catch into its rhythm and the breath so, yes hmm. yes yes there's a it's very reasonable that in many spiritual traditions the body moves as you do you know if you go to a uh temple for the service a jewish service there will be people who are rocking in you know when they do their chanting and of course the uh muslims as well so in the west it's an interesting thing we somehow have have conditioned ourselves we call it becoming socialized you know <laughs> you really rarely feel the rhythm of the body in the same way as some of the other cultures feel it. Mm. So absolutely when we are doing mantra by all means let your body move let it go back and forth let it go forward and back sometimes it'll do little circles or figure eights or whatever it does just simply allow allow mm. the body to move in any way that it wants to move that's part of it. Uh, you know we are not meant to be still beings all mm. the time. <laughs> we're meant to move energy moves and the energy will move in your body as you do mantra uh, more and more the energy will move more and more so that's a super awareness and by all means allow it that's great mm -hmm. oh no and anything else that you wanted to check in on um uh so when we do the 108 now what is the reason why that they say to do 108 Oh my goodness it is a it is a wonderful question because frankly there are many answers and if you google why 108 you know what is the significance of 108 you'll find many many things mm. one of the most uh, popular is that there's a ratio between the i don't know if it's the diameter or the circumference i forget sometimes uh, between the earth and the sun or the moon the moon and the earth whatever it is but the probably the basic reason is that there are 108 nadis n a d i s nadis the nadis are the subtle connections between the chakras in mm. the body and doing mantra doing pranayam uh in the yogic tradition also clears the nadis which enables you to have more spiritual energy flowing through your system so 
that's one reason why there are 108 major. They're they're like the nerve connections between the chakras. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. So so it is kind of a, a mystical, magical number. It's fascinating because so many things divide into it, which is also mm-hmm. easy because you'll have a half mala of 54 beads, a quarter mala of 27. Often the wrist malas that people simply wear. Uh, frankly, it was a popular thing a few years back to wear a wrist mala. <laughs> no knew they were wearing a spiritual, uh, <laughs> yes. you know, but it was just, isn't that cute? A little wrist mala, you know, wrist uh, bracelet with a tassel. Yep, that's a mala. So you have to be careful, though, with those to be sure it has 27 beads mm. so that you do get, you know, to 108 as you do it four times on your wrist mala. Right. So. Right. Very interesting. Yes, because I, um, that's very interesting that it is 108. When I work within the, the healing arts of body work, um, the, right. that magical number is nine. Like if you rotate a joint or a part of the body, you rotate it nine times before you turn the opposite way. Right. And it and is a magical number. 108 adds to nine. Correct. So, that's right. In numerology. So yes, it, it's, uh, there are so many connections with yes. all these. It's great, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like, whoa, that makes sense. That, you know, that, that relates to something I know from something else. That's right. <laughs> That's good. So wonderful. So, okay. So this yeah. is what you brought us through right now is yeah. the uh, mantra to Ganesh. That's correct. That's okay. correct. Now, mind you, we do 108 repetitions twice a day for 40 days to really install that mantra into our system. So that means it's now yours, right? It doesn't mean you stop necessarily doing it after that. But if you wanted to do a classical practice of mantra to Ganesha or to any of the energies that you want to invoke, the way to install it in your system is to do 40 days. There again, another mystical number. 40 days and 40 nights. (laughs) Because you're saying twice a day, right? The Jewish people, 40 years in the wilderness, Jesus, 40 nights in the desert, 40 uh, just occurs over and over in many, many systems. So it is fascinating that way. And of course, it's 40 consecutive days. That means if you miss a day, what do you do? You start again. Because oh. it has to be <laughs> in a row. It's not, you know, catch as catch can. It's 40 days twice a day. And is there specific times of the day, Bhavani? Well, it's recommended that you do one repetition of the mala or the 108 in the morning and one in the evening. But that can be at your own schedule. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I'll usually do mantra as soon as I wake up. And then you know you've done the morning practice. And then you just do it before you go to bed at night. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I often will joke in terms of meditation, you know, the yogis will say, well, four o'clock in the morning is the best time for meditation. But my feeling is, it's four o'clock somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. <laughs> Even if it's not in my time zone. <laughs> the key is you have to make it work in your day. And, and, but the joy of mantra, frankly, you can do it anywhere. Mm-hmm. If you take your mala, it's hard to do the hand in the car. But if you have your mala, so you can really keep organized, you can even do it on your way to work. Do mm-hmm. you see what I mean? Yes. Because yes. you don't have to close your eyes. You just, uh, you know, can do your mantra. It's nice if you do it at home, if you have a home altar where you have pictures of people you love and a candle maybe and uh, flowers, whatever you have. That's a very wonderful thing to do, to set aside a little bit of time in the morning and in the evening to be with yourself in that wonderful reverential way. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But if you are busy one day, hey, do it on the way to work. There you are. Mm -hmm. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you don't want to miss your practice. And 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 what if, like, for example, you said when we're driving, what if I'm driving and I reach my destination and I haven't done my 108? You just sit there until you finish. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> so you can't break it up as you cannot break up the 40 days. That's correct. Okay. That's correct. It needs to be one uh, flow. That 108 needs to be one flow. That's correct. <laughs> yeah, it's a good question. <laughs> yeah, it's like, okay, I'm running in to get groceries now. I'm coming back up to finish my mantra. 
That's right. That's right. Oh, my. Okay. 40 days and 40 nights, basically. That's right. That's right. Wow. Yeah. No, and then what if, like, for example, you have now brought us through the mantra for Ganesh. Now, is there several that would be to Ganesh or is this the main one that we would yes. choose? Yes. And in fact, uh, I would mention here that I do recommend if if someone wants to pursue mantra and is new to it, the book that I usually recommend first is called Healing Mantras by Thomas Ashley Ferrand. He was a mantra master, very beautiful gentleman. He has passed away, but has, oh, many, many, many books. And the first one in the series, there are, there's healing mantras. And then, of course, there are Shakti mantras, the feminine mantras, and chakra mantras, if you want to work with the chakra system. But there are several mantras to Ganesh. This is one of the most basic that most people use. It can also be made more powerful. As I mentioned, remember we talked about the Bija mantras, mm -hmm. and you can use those to add power mantra. So, for example, the Om Gam Ganapataye Namaha, you can have Om Hrim Shrim Klim Glam Gam Ganapataye Namaha. Oh, my. Isn't that lovely? Oh. Om Hrim Shrim Klim Glam Gam Ganapataye Namaha. So that adds the the bija mantras to it and makes it much more potent even mm. but mm. as you say every syllable that you add adds a little bit of time to the 108 <laughs> you have to be sure that you want to take on you know that particular practice but, but also understanding the syllables that we're adding that's right that's right and the the seed syllables are in several books um the Healing Mantras does talk about seed syllables. Uh, there's another book that I wish I could remember the title of. But if you Google, you know, uh, Understanding Bija Mantras, you'll find many, many books. And uh, they're all very beautiful. I think David Frawley has a new book on that. And that's excellent as well. So, But then you can also add a bit more melody to the chanting of the mantra. And it becomes chanting. So the difference, as I'm often asked, the difference between mantra and chanting or, or ecstatic chanting, as we sometimes call it, that has high energy chanting, is the difference is you have more instruments. And normally speaking, you'll have a, a bunch of good kirtan people with you. Hmm. The word kirtan is used in a couple of ways. It either means a particular chant or an evening of chanting. So if you do this chant, or you do a chant to Ganesha, you might do the one Ganesha Sharanam, Sharanam Ganesha. And that simply means I take refuge in mm -hmm. Ganesh. So it's done using the harmonium. And if you'd like, we can do a little bit of that mm -hmm. here as well. That would be lovely. That would be lovely. Right. Very good. So the words Ganesha. So let's all say Ganesha. Sharanam. Sharanam. And as I mentioned, I take refuge in Ganesh. So very simple words. Now this chant, we'll only do it uh, a few times for the sake of time. But ordinarily, a chant can go on for as long as 20 minutes which is a, an opportunity to entrain the mind. These kinds of chants, in India there are these chants, which are called dhuns, D-H-U-N-S, dhuns, and they also have bhajans. And the bhajans are songs, like our songs. So it has a verse and a chorus and a lot of words, a lot of words. So those are best done by someone who really knows the words, because as a as a simple chanter, it's hard to catch all those words or read them quickly. But the tunes, very simple. And the reason that they're very simple is because the point is to entrain the mind. They are basically a meditation technique, because you'll find... If you do chanting, 
that the thoughts will be present. The mind is very powerful, just keeps on going. But as you continue to chant, the mind kind of slows down a bit and fades into the background, and you become really into a different state of being. The word mantra itself comes from manas, meaning mind, and tra, to cross over or to go beyond. So basically, when you're chanting, I always say what you're basically doing is going out of your mind. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, so the difference with chanting is um, you're not following like the malabate beads. You are That's it's just correct. continuous. That's correct. That's correct. And it will go on as long as you want it to. Or, you know, uh, if you're in a group chanting and someone is leading, it's really a very beautiful group practice because even in the spoken mantra or the simple Vedic tune, as we were doing with the Om Gam Ganapati Yenamaha, when you do it in a group, you get the benefit of saying that phrase, that mantra, not only the number of times there are people in the group every time you say it, but the square of that number. It is very potent to do mantra or chanting in a group. And that's the reason why I like to bring people together to make a sangha, a, a, a group, spiritual group, to do the mantra together. Because we all get a, a huge benefit from that. More, much more than we could ever do on our own. So it's a very good thing to chant together. Mm. So let's let's try it. Let's chant together. And I will simply play it through once, and then we'll chant it. And by all means, just join along. That's a good thing. So now, chanting is done. If someone is not familiar, chanting is done call and response. For today, what I'll do is I will chant both of those parts. But ordinarily, I would chant the first time, and then the group chants the second. And then I chant it again, and the group chants the second. So since we're doing it together, I'll just chant it twice, one line, then the next line, and the next. But by all means, listen to it the first time. They're very clever people. You see these yogis, they figure you don't know the tune until you hear it. And so I'll chant the first line to you, and then you chant it right back to me. That's the, the way we do it. Okay. Ganesha Sharanam Sharanam Ganesha 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 Ganesha Sharanam 
Sharanam Ganesha Shri Satguru Devaki Hmm. A little taste of Ganesha. Oh, <laughs> lovely. Very lovely. So this could go on and on for hours. That's right. And the thing is, I I sped it up quickly because we were only doing a short uh, moment of it. But normally speaking, you would do it at a certain pace. But then the, the key to ecstatic chanting is it does speed up. And so you'll be doing it along and it'll speed up. Sometimes they'll speed it up very slowly, bit by bit, sort of like Bolero, you know. But then sometimes you'll go at a certain pace and then hop up to a little faster pace. So, but also you have to understand that normally speaking, you'd have drums along with it. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> to speed up, the drums come in and everybody leaps up and dances. And that's the point. You need to leap up and dance. and um it's an ecstatic experience. What can I say? It's an ecstatic experience. My goodness. And and you do this in your classes as well, Bhavani? Well, yes. I do workshops on chanting, absolutely. And in the Applying the Magic of Mantra coming up at Kripalu, you know, February 3 through 8, we will do the mantra all kinds of different ways. We'll speak it. We will chant it in the Vedic manner, which we did in the beginning. And then we will chant it in the ecstatic manner. And we'll do some yoga to it, and we'll do, do it silently. We'll do it just every which way. Mm. So uh, that's the that's the joy of it. But it's so fascinating because, you know, in one way, here we are, 21st century America. What are we doing with all this sanitary? <laughs> well, to me, what we're doing is having a good time. And uh, I remember I have a, a good friend who works at General Electric, so you can understand he's kind of a, you know, a, a engineer type. And he came to Kripalu for an evening of chanting, a kirtan. And at the end of the evening, he said, you know, I've never seen so many people so happy and so mellow without alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> I love that statement because it's true. You know, Ramdas, uh, the, the spiritual teacher, Ramdas, wrote a book called Drunk on the Divine. Mm. Basically, it's like the Sufi dancing because... What happens in the process of the ecstatic chanting is that you you leap up and down and you are just chanting faster and faster and all these things. And all of a sudden, then it ends and you're in this profound mm. stillness mm. when you can simply sit and meditate. Mm. So it is, uh, it's really quite an extraordinary experience. Wow, in my-, my goodness. It's almost like clearing everything out of your mind and your body energetically, and then you just exactly. sit, then you're clear when you begin to meditate. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Mm. I would say, you know, the chanting, for those of us who who respond to it, and not everyone does, you know, there are some people who will say, oh, it's a nice ethnic experience. I don't know if I want to do it again, but hey, you know. But for people who are drawn to chanting, it's like a uh, a magnet, you know, and we're little metal filings. We come across a magnet, and we're just drawn, you know. <laughs> and uh, and for us, it's like an elevator down to a very deep space. Mm-hmm. So it's a beautiful uh, technique mm-hmm. of meditation or uh, a prelude, as I say, to meditation, oh, so yes. that we can do the chanting and then, as you say, sit in a great clear, clear space. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's good stuff. Well, I, I just want to let our audience know, or whomever might be listening live right at this moment, if you have any questions uh, for Bhavani, please don't hesitate. If you're listening via the computer and you're watching the show live, um, I just want to let you know that you can act. There's a little box. If you scroll down your screen a little bit, there is a little comment box that you can actually submit your comment or your question, and I will read it directly to Bhavani. Um, and those of you who might like to ask a question of her live, you are very welcome to call into this number, which is 323-476-3672. Again, 323-476-3672. And that is our conference line. And when you get on that line, you will 
uh, type in the conference ID number, which is 607393-POUND. Again, 607393-POUND. And you'll be connected to our conference line and... Um, um, we will have your uh, call uh, tracked into our line, and you can actually ask it directly to Bhavani. If you have any comments or questions, and especially of her upcoming class that she's teaching at Kripalu in February as well, I'm sure she is uh, uh, will welcome any um, questions that you might have concerning that class. I tell you, if I'm on the East Coast, I would love to come too. <laughs> I'd love to have you there. That'd be great. Mm. That's super. We do have a good time, that's for sure. That's... Yes. So, so Bhavani, um, so there's so many other deities. Now, now this is a, a part that um, is sort of that that very uh, fine line where when people say, well, you know, yoga or mantra or chanting, it's religious and, you know, I'm Catholic or I am whatever that their dominant denomination might right. be. And here, you know, but you're saying it's spiritual, it's it's not of religion, it's spiritual, and then they're saying, but what are these deities? What, what you know, Ganesh and, right. you know, Shiva, and uh, well, who are they if they are not deities? <laughs> right. right, exactly, exactly. Yes, one of the things that we like to say about yoga itself is that it is a spiritual practice. And the difference between a religion and a spiritual practice is that religions are exclusive. In other words, it's very tricky to be a Presbyterian and a Catholic at the same time. Mm -hmm. They're exclusive. You can do yoga and have any religion at all. There are priests who do, do yoga. There are rabbis who do yoga, teach it. And there are, you know, every tradition does, does yoga and the spiritual practices related to yoga. By the way, I will say that if anyone is interested or you have friends who do wonder how you can do yoga and still be Christian, there's a very beautiful book called Jesus in the Lotus. Mm. It was written by Russell Paul, who is another mantra master. It's R-U-S-S-I-L-L, Paul. And he is Indian, although the name doesn't sound it, but he's Indian, but he grew up Catholic in India. So he has a unique perspective on how these things work together, how yoga and Christianity work together. So I highly recommend that book for yourself or your friends if you are interested in that. But to me, the energies, and of course Deepak Chopra as well, talks about these energies as archetypes. So, for example, if you want to bring in a certain quality, a certain energy into your life, then you do mantra to that particular uh, manifestation of that energy, right? So, for example, Ganesha, to clear away obstacles. But the other energy we can talk about, particularly for the new year, because this is important to everybody as well, and that's the energy of prosperity or abundance. And that is ruled by Lakshmi. Lakshmi is the consort, but that just means the feminine energy of Vishnu, who is the energy of sustaining in the universe. To me, it's very wonderful, the trinity that the yogis have. There is the creator, the sustaining energy, and the destroyer or transformer. How reasonable is that? Everything in the world starts, it lasts for a while, and then it changes to something else. So the creator is Brahma, and his consort, Saraswati, is the energy concerning creativity the arts, all of those things. And then Vishnu is the sustaining energy and, of course, his consort, uh, Lakshmi. And then Shiva or Maheshvara is the energy of transformation. And that's a whole other thing. Oh, my goodness. Uh, <laughs> Careful you what all, you wish for. <laughs> you can chant to Shiva, but you have to be prepared. You know, you're saying, bring it on, universe. Mm. And normally speaking, the universe will. <laughs> so, <laughs> you have to be careful what you ask for. You know how that is. But let's look at Lakshmi then, because Lakshmi, very beautiful uh, energy. And we're talking abundance in every area of your life. In fact, Lakshmi is ordinarily represented with four arms. And that represents 
the four goals that people have in life. And she is of different complexions in different times. The, the pink complexion means compassion for all beings. And of course, she's either standing or sitting in a lotus. And the lotus is the all the stages of the world and individuals. But so the four are the Dharma or righteousness, wealth, pleasures of the flesh, and the final moksha or liberation. So uh, that's the story of the, the four arms is what I was saying to you. But the, the abundance that we think of with Lakshmi, often we'll think, oh, that means money or something. But basically it means abundance in every area of your life, whether it's your relationships, your work going well. Uh, certainly it does mean money. It can also uh, be family, that kind of thing. So you can invoke the energy of Lakshmi to help you in any area of your life is, is the bottom line. Mm. So now, let's does do that. What about the, these, the things like, um, when you say it invokes abundance in every area of the life, what right. about the things that are a little stressful, so to say? <laughs> yes, you can uh, certainly work for abundance of peace in your life. Uh -huh. That is good, too. That is good, too. Now, of course, we don't really want a totally stress-free life. Because if you think about it, what does a flat line mean? Mm. It means you're dead. <laughs> so life has you know i always think life is a sine wave it has ups and downs and it's a very you know so we do have some stress in fact good stress you know someone preparing for someone's wedding or a birthday something like that good stress they call you stress eu you stress it's only when we have chronic stress all the time that it's distress mm -hmm. and so we do want to do something about that but but not you know we don't want a totally flat line in other words <laughs> but yes lakshmi can be beneficial in that as well mm -hmm. but frankly you may find another mantra in the book healing mantras that would deal even better with that i don't have it next to me at the moment but in the index it's a very wonderful book you can look up the word anger for example mm -hmm. and it'll say page such and such which means that uh, you can have mantra that will help you deal with your anger. Oh. Because in India, mantra is used prescriptively. So whatever it is that you are working with, you can find a mantra to help with that situation. So it's very helpful. Now, I had also heard that um, certain individuals also use mantra for for someone else, like someone dear to them. Um, yeah. And they do the 40 days and 40 nights of mantra. For example, if they're going through uh, a health issue or an anger issue, you know, just, um, things like that, that, that I've had individuals tell me that they've been doing mantra for someone else. It is certainly possible to do that. And frankly, oftentimes, if you have someone who is dealing with a health crisis, for example, we would get together and do a healing circle for that person, whether they were present or not, and do mantra, healing, a, a particular healing mantra for that person. Mm. So that is certainly possible to do. Mm. Sometimes it's, it's a little tricky when we talk about healing someone else. Mm -hmm. I often will talk about aligning with that person's original soul print of their being so in other words when we talk about healing we often have a picture in our minds of what that should look like yes it may not be their path mm -hmm. it may not be their dharma or their uh, way that they have agreed in this lifetime and so it's important to recognize that while I can certainly add to the frequency of their health and their well-being by doing mantra for them, 
I want to be careful not to superimpose my vision or my view of that healing over what really needs to happen in their particular situation. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm, absolutely. And I yeah. completely understand that. It's, um, yeah. it's, it's very much also what we do in the healing arts, which is it's honoring where that individual is and their journey. And exactly. sometimes we have to step out of the way. <laughs> That's right. Yes. That's right. Not easy, yeah. but we still need to honor it. Exactly. Exactly. And that's true with mantra as well. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Wonderful. So, so Bhavani, um, do we have a mantra for Lakshmi? That oh, you'd like to share yes. with us today? Shri Mahalakshmi Namaha. And the Mahalakshmi, Maha means great, but also it is related to uh, Durga and the one of the, the strong, you know, divine mothers uh, also. So we are, Shri is another name for Lakshmi or for the Shakti energy, the feminine energy. And it can also be an honorific. So it can mean holy. Mm. So let's uh, do it one by one again. And you have the the words there, I'm sure. So, Om. Shri Maha Lakshmiye Namaha Om Shri and repeat Maha Lakshmiye Namaha. So, all together it would be Om Shri Maha Lakshmiye. Namaha. And let's go back to our hand there. And we have Om Shri Mahalakshmiye Namaha. 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 And there again, that's a quarter of a mala or 27 repetitions. There we go. Mm, lovely. So now what if we are to chant to Ganesh, uh, Ganesha as well as Lakshmi? Does that mean it's 40 days and 40 nights of each? <laughs> oh, yes. Is yes. there a way to combine? <laughs> yes, Marie, that's what it is. And you can do that either do one discipline first, 40 days and 40 nights of the Ganesh, or you can, and then do the Lakshmi, or you can do one round of Ganesh and a round of Lakshmi every morning and every evening for 40 days. Now, if you are doing that on a mala, and that's a very good question, if you're doing it on a mala, then you would go one direction for the Ganesh and the other direction for the Lakshmi. The reason for that is you never cross the Guru. Remember I said the mala 
has 108 beads and one extra bead, which is the Meru bead or the Guru bead. And so you start, when you use the mala, you'll start after that bead and go right around. And when you come back to that bead, you've done 108. But if you're going to keep going with a different mantra, you turn the mala around and go back the other way because you never cross the guru, right? You never cross the guru. And so if you're doing more than one mala at a time, you go this way and that way and this way and that way, right? So, and frankly, there are families of or um, groups of mantras that you might want to do. For example, Thomas Ashley Ferrand has 16 healing mantras, or I'm sorry, for prosperity. He has 16 mantras that you would do, and you do them one after another. It takes about 48 minutes to go through the entire 16, and that's in the morning, and then again in the evening, and so you do those uh, together as a group for 40 days. So this, it's certainly possible to combine mantras. That's almost an hour and a half a day. <laughs> <laughs> when you get you know, to actually learn them and know them well, then you get more of a rhythm. But at this right. point, I'm struggling to even keep up with the 27 each. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's the truth that, you know, and in fact, you can do them at any speed. So, for example, you know, if you are in a, a day when you have a lot of time and it is very meaningful to you. Om Shri Mahalakshmi Namaha. Om Shri Mahalakshmi Namaha. And then if you're busy and need to go, Om Shri Mahalakshmi Namaha. Om Shri Mahalakshmi Namaha. And the more you do them, the more they do come trippingly off the tongue, as Shakespeare would say, and therefore you can speed up. Mm-hmm. But yes, it, it is a, a commitment. That's why oftentimes I recommend you start small. Start with, you know, and you just do the the mantra uh, for 40 days with that one, you know, 108 in the morning and the evening and um, move on to the next. So (laughs) helpful. And if you really want something short, just give yourself some peace. Om Shanti Om, Om Shanti Om. Shanti means peace. And so you do Om Shanti Om, Om Shanti Om, Om Shanti Om, Om Shanti Om. That's very quick. You get around the mala very quickly. <laughs> <laughs> Just don't cross on that one bead. <laughs> you are, you know, and how uh, how how much mantra you want to get into your life, and there there you are. <laughs> uh, we have a comment that came in that I'd like to read to you, Bhavana. Yeah, I love um, that. I'm so happy to have come across this show. I am learning so much, and what a beautiful way to tune in. So that is a. Uh, well, a lovely comment for you. I appreciate that very much. Mantra, you know, it's so fascinating because in one way, it's such a simple thing. Mm-hmm. And yet to me, it's so powerful. And there are scriptures, you know, the, the Bhagavad Gita, of course, means the song of God. And that's part of the Mahabharata, a huge scripture. Well, there's another Gita that is often overlooked. It's called the Uddhava Gita. And Uddhava is another disciple of Krishna. Of course, Arjuna is the disciple who is taught by Krishna in the Bhagavad Gita. In the Uddhava Gita, Krishna teaches Uddhava. And Uddhava, Krishna is going back to heaven. So there's an opportunity for Uddhava, one of his chief uh, disciples, to ask him. And it's beautiful because he asks all the kind of questions we would ask. You know, what is yoga about and what's the best yoga? And Krishna goes over all the yogas. You know, there's Hatha yoga, the postures, right? Balancing the sun and the moon of your body, Hatha. And there is Karma yoga, the yoga of action, using service to others as a tool for our growth. There's Gyan yoga, subtle discrimination of the mind, study uh, of the self of the capital S. And then there's Bhakti. This yoga is Bhakti yoga. And what that means is the yoga of devotion. Mm. It is so simple. There's very little to learn. Not, you know, it's just such a simple, simple practice. And yet it is one of the most powerful practices. And Krishna actually says, this is the practice. that is the best one for the Kali Yuga, the age that we are in. 
And this age, I'm sure you may have noticed, is a little chaotic. <laughs> it's hard to deal with, right? And so this is so, so simple just to give ourselves, to call out the names of God, to call out those energies that we want to bring into our lives. And really, in one way, it kind of reminds us what's important. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There's a very beautiful story about Swami Kripalu, for whom Kripalu is named. He was given the mantra, Om Namah Shivaya, Om Namah Shivaya, which means I give reverence to Lord Shiva. Mm -hmm. Now, he was a young man at the time. And so at one point he went to his guru and he said, you know, why do I have to keep saying I give reverence to Lord Shiva over and over? I mean, doesn't Lord Shiva get it? <laughs> a good question, isn't it? And his teacher looked at him very kindly and said, you know, Lord Shiva gets it. It's for your mind that you say it over and over. And it's a beautiful, beautiful statement because it is true that mantra is so simple, but it does remind us of what is real in this world, what's behind this crazy, crazy world and the personalities that we deal with, the, all the egos and the individuals, all these things. What's real is what's behind that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. This is a great way to stay in touch with that. Mm. Well, Bhavani... Um, we've come up to the top of our hour right now, and uh, you know we gave it a little leeway here already because <laughs> of the yes, one little yes, technical technical glitch that we had. But I mean, we, as you very well know, we must continue this in some shape or form because I, 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 I feel like we we just keep touching the tip of that iceberg. <laughs> well, I would be so delighted. I, it's very special to me, and it's and it's wonderful to be with you. And I so much admire what it is that you are doing. It is very important for this world that you are doing the work you're doing. So thank you for that. Well, thank and I'm you, Bhavani. And I'm thrilled to be with you. And as uh, as we could not do what we're we're just all we're doing is uh, presenting the stage for you and other uh, individuals who have so much to teach the rest of us. And I'm just be that forever child mind student. <laughs> that's, that's great. Well, it's such a joy to be with you. So. Thank Maybe you. Could, uh, tell people one more time about the program coming yes, up. Yes, please. Yes. Just, um, it is a very special program. It's called Applying the Magic of Mantra to Your Life. But it's, I call it a practice program because many times you go to some retreat center of some sort and learn something and then you have to go home and practice. But in this program, we're going to learn what it means to have a practice. So we'll have five days together. We will do a very special breathing technique each morning to, to clear ourselves out and set ourselves up to do the mantra. And then we will do mantra to Ganesh, to Lakshmi, other mantras that are very powerful and very important for the year. And we'll have an opportunity to do that in a beautiful, beautiful group. So it's at Kripalu Center, which is in Stockbridge, Massachusetts. And of course, they can find it by going to Kripalu, K-R-I-P-A-L-U dot org, Kripalu dot org. So there it is. And I would love to have anybody who's listening, I'd love to have you with me for the oh. program. Oh, yeah, I would love to be there. I think my, our whole Yoga Hub team would love to be there. <laughs> Maybe one day we'll be lucky enough to stream it live. <laughs> That's great. That's and also, I'd like to remind everybody that they can actually be in touch with you through your website. And I do believe uh, we've had it up on the screen most of the time, which is Soul Flight. Is that correct? Oh, no, no, no. Let's give them BhavaniLorraineNelson.com. BhavaniLorraineNelson.com. And you will see that also uh, on um, this episode and online as well. So you can, they'll be able to click a link, Bhavani, to bring them straight to your site. As well as um, I'd like to re tell everyone also that you have um, a series of uh, CDs in uh, the Shop Yoga Hub shopping cart, which is one is Amba right. Bhavani Meditations in Chant, another called A New Dawn, In the Hands of God, Meditations Made Possible, Soul Flight, which is such a beautiful name. And, and Soul Flight is the one that is three very powerful mantras and I do it very meditatively, mm. so you can chant along with me. The words are there, and it's a mantra for healing, the Mahamrityunjaya, and a very powerful mantra, the Gayatri. 
where they say that if you only did one mantra in your life, it should be the Gayatri. Mm. So those are on the soul flight. Wonderful. Well, that then uh, we must focus that on to that one for everyone. <laughs> yes, yes, very good. And also, um, Bhavani had a previous, uh, um, during the previous virtual world yoga meditation conference, she did a wonderful presentation on loving kindness, a meditation for our times. And that is also available in shopyogahub.com. You will definitely see all that on the site and uh, the links will be there for you um, to make it very convenient. And we look forward to this, of course, being on iTunes shortly so that you can download this and listen to it over and over again and follow with uh, Bhavani doing her mantra and her chanting. Thank you so much, Bhavani Lorraine Nelson, again for honoring us. And we hope to have you back on a regular basis. We hope that you will consider that. I would be delighted, totally delighted. And of course, we would like to thank each and every one of you for joining us and supporting us in this new platform of education information. We are always grateful for your continuous support, and we look forward to hearing how we can support you better. So um, we are excited to announce that uh, the Magical Medical Tour is now fully up on iTunes and flowing into awareness, I do believe is as well. Uh, Trinity of Life, we're doing it a segment at a time. And uh, when they're available, you will see on the website um, under that episode that there is a direct link to iTunes to make it convenient for you again. And we would be so appreciative if you would take a moment to rate our show within iTunes. That would really help support us. Um, and also comment on uh, the shows when you uh, have the moment to listen to them and follow us. We also invite you to uh, to join us live every Tuesday at 10.30 a.m. Pacific, 1.30 Eastern Time for Magical Medical Tour, Wednesdays for Trinity of Life at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time, followed every other week by Flowing into Awareness with Anatara. Again, until we meet again, namaste. Namaste.